This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Hello and welcome back to the Young Makers podcast. I'm your host, Kenzie Aaron of Aaron Iron and Steel. Let's get right into it. This is a toned down episode. We've had a couple chill episodes in the past and this is definitely going to go among their numbers because I don't have a guest this week, meaning I'm... I sure hope that I don't get copyrighted. I don't think this show is big enough to get copyrighted and you guys won't uh, turn me in, will you? So, anyways... You know, all jokes aside, I am all by myself. It's a nice solo episode. We're going to be talking about, you know, myself, a couple things I've been thinking about, a couple things I'd love to hear your guys' opinions about. Um, And yeah, we're just going to be having a good time. It's going to be a quick episode. It's Monday night, meaning it is Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. You guys will be listening to this on Tuesday, of course. But it's Canadian Thanksgiving, so it's, you know, it's just been a nice, a nice long weekend. I got lots of work done, just got back from dinner at my grandma's house. And, you know, that's a great segue into our sponsor this week is my grandma. She made me dinner. So thank you, grandma, for sponsoring this episode. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving. And dinner was good, by the way. But anyways, so anyways, anyways. Today, we're going to be talking about, here, I'm getting my paper full of notes. We're going to be talking about my past week, which has been very busy, and that's, you know, partially why this episode's going to be so um, bare bones. You know, I wanted to clean up some housekeeping about the podcast, some things you guys probably weren't wondering, but won't hate knowing. Um, Talk some stuff about my business and things I've been thinking about with that, that I think you know, it could be applicable to some of you guys out there. I hope, you know, is relevant to some of you guys. Uh, talk about things, just things that I think about all the time, like drive, my drive to work and to move forward and my vision, which I think is what gives you your drive. Uh, talk about like the passion of it and, and your business. So how, how, you know, sometimes you have to do things you may not be passionate about in order to get a little money to get back to your passion projects and things like that. And then there are just a couple, there's, you know, uh, and yeah, that's basically a good up overview of the episode. I hope you guys are super excited to hear it. So yeah, without further ado, let's get right into it. I don't have anyone to banter with, so I keep expecting someone to say something, but nobody does. It's too bad. We do have some uh, really exciting guests and some people that are interested in doing episodes. I don't know if I should leak it too much. Ethan Hardy is considering coming on soon, uh, possibly when when I get my power hammer from him. He might, you know, we might do one in person, which would be cool. Um, I've also I'm also in talks with. There's another person I've been trying for three weeks. We've been trying to find a time to record, and we keep missing each other so we'll have him on as soon as we can and then uh one more so i have three people three perspective people so yeah we're gonna have some guests coming up is my point here and anyways though my last week has been 
really busy, really, really busy, but really, really good. Um, so I, I do jujitsu and Muay Thai, which I guess is another weird thing of mine, but I enjoy both of them a lot. So because we didn't do any last week, things kept coming up every day. It was crazy. So then this week we went almost every day during the week. And then Friday I managed to get some work done. Saturday I finished a knife. So that's, I did a knife in a week basically, which has been my goal is I want to do a knife every week. And so that's really exciting that I'm starting to get my process dialed in tight enough that I can do that. And it's this really simple, I finally stepped back from all my custom orders and took some time to make exactly what I wanted to. And so I came in with no drawing, no plan, and I made sort of what my heart told me to. And I'm looking at it right now, and it speaks to me on a whole different level. It's this super simple 7-inch uh, chef's knife sort of idea with uh, an octagonal just one piece cherry handle which I love I loved working with the cherry wood it's my favorite to work with uh, nice straight grain nice and hard finishes easily so it's just I'm super excited about it and that'll that's something I want to talk about later is um, a production model potentially or you know as high level of production as I can something in batches so we'll talk we'll get back to that in a minute but then Yesterday I forged out another blade, and today I've got it heat treated so that hopefully throughout the week I can grind it. And then right before I hopped on here, after Thanksgiving dinner, um, we, well, me and a customer, you know, he's someone that reached out to me a couple months ago, and I finally made it through my uh, list of orders to get to him, and so... We worked out some things. I've got a really exciting knife coming up. I never have worked with synthetic handle materials. So we're going to do like a Kiranite and G10 construction. Uh, it's going to be black and red and on a blade shape that I did before. And that blade actually came out because there was a crack in the original blade I was trying to make. And I ground it into a new shape and it came out really cool looking. And so the guy likes that a lot. So I'm going to whip up one of those and slap on a, my most complicated handle. So it'll be probably four, four pieces total if I don't do hidden pins. If I do hidden pins, then you know each one of those pins would add another piece to the puzzle. And so that's really exciting. But I'm going to be moving sometime in the end of the month, beginning of next month, sometime soon here. So that'll disrupt that whole workflow. We'll, we'll see how that one goes. But I'm really excited to be getting into some more custom orders after my brief, brief rest here, respite. And, um, yeah, it's just been fantastic to get into the shop more. I'm trying to get some stock and some uh, money saved up for the move. I've My grandpa, I want to give a huge shout out to my grandpa, helped me buy my belt sander. And I finally, finally paid him back completely this last weekend, which is great because you know what debt isn't as fun as they make it sound <laughs> you know even though uh, my grandpa never bothered me about it and anytime I told him oh I'm gonna pay you this much he said well make sure you keep enough for yourself he was great and I appreciate it but it was still a weight hanging over me and it feels fantastic to have that gone and um, you know I properly own my belt sander but I 
Well, I wouldn't have been able to get it so fast without him, and it's made a huge difference. Also, if you're considering making the jump to a 2x72, do it. It's so worth it. It's a game changer for sure. And that is my week. So, I don't know when I've had a show that I'm just finishing telling my week eight minutes into the episode. This is uh, it's a little bit unprecedented rambling this episode. But bear with me, you guys. I'm really tired. And we're going to have some more interesting shows up next. But regardless that was my week it was a it was a lot of work and i haven't gotten that much time to work during a school week possibly ever so it felt really fantastic to get some of that creative juice out of my head and so that brings me to the meat of our episode here is well one of one of the topics i wanted to talk about business versus passion is what i wrote on my paper here and what i mean by that is this balance between you know if you're if you're moving it up from a hobby which i'm trying to do i don't want to get a part-time job but i need to buy a car there's a lot and i need to buy and so yeah i'm trying to move mine up into a business and so custom orders are great you know there's going to be someone to buy this knife at the end. It feels really secure as long as you have a list of orders. It's it's really fantastic. But it, when you lose interest in a knife, you can't just scrap it and move on to whatever you want. You have to keep hustling. And so this last custom order took me two, well, roughly two months all told. One of those months I couldn't work, but I guess almost three months because I just finished it a week ago. So yeah, it took a really long time where I couldn't do whatever I wanted. And so that sort of kills a little bit of the passion once you lose interest in the project. And those knives turned out great and the customer seems to like them and I like the money he gave me. But it still sort of hurt to not be able to do whatever I want. So then I made a knife that I completely wanted to and I have no one to buy it, and no one has said they're interested in buying it yet, and that's stressful in its own right, and it makes um, making whatever you like seem a little bit less enticing. And so balancing that business and passion, honestly, I don't even have anything real to say about it. I just wanted to bring it up, and I think it's something that everybody needs to think about. Once you have enough of a name for yourself, you can sort of, you know, do whatever you want and somebody's going to want something with your name on it. But to get started, you have to come into it with a business mindset. And so that's what's driving me towards getting into this custom order. I've never worked with synthetic handle materials before and I've never really had the urge and I still love natural wood. So, you know, this knife is, but it's good money. It's no extra work really. And I do honestly think it'll look pretty cool, if not my style. But I'm willing to do a, li a little bit of a stretch, especially because the blade shape he wants is really fun for me to make, and it's definitely my style. So trying to balance that business and passion aspect, I've chosen that this falls on a good side for me. But if he had wanted some recurve fighter with a synthetic handle, well, you know, we start to get into into uncharted waters here that I don't have the time or energy to chart if that makes any sense. And I think it's just something that we all need to think about. I'm sure I mention it all the time on the show, but I just wanted to bring it up again as something that's um, been running through my mind a lot lately. 
And with that business comes scaling it, you know. If you're making one knife a month, it's a lot different than making a knife a week or batches where you can make a lot more. And so this last knife I made has a simple brute to forge blade with a 400 grit finish, which is quick. I toss I toss a 600 grit on the disc sander after I come off my 2x72 and I'll sand I'll sand the blade down at 600 on the disc sander then go back to 400 and you know really does not take long to hand sand a blade like that. So that blade is very economical time time it's it's very quick to make a blade like that with that finish on it. And then you move on to the handle which is a single piece cherry handle and cherry is great because at least the stuff I've got or whatever species of cherry I have is so springy almost that you can really hammer it a long ways onto that tag um, without grinding too, without taking too much time on fit up that it fits up really quickly and tight it's super easy to work with and then it sands and grinds really nice even though it's so hard so it's not gummy so it was fantastic to work with and it's something that I really could make quickly and so this knife or something very similar to it is looking really good as a potential production model um, and production knives I don't know if the word production is correct but you know a knife where you're making a bunch of the same knife even though it's completely handmade still it's not mass-produced but you know, yeah, so a, a model of knife that I'm making, it can be hard to find buyers for it when you're not very well established. It's not like, you know, when Jeff Fader or Craig Chop, Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives makes uh, 50 of a knife, they do a pre-order and it's sold out in a day. But if I made 50 knives, I'd have 50 knives for a long time. And so... I've been looking into potentially finding a retailer, which is murky water for the knife maker and something that's disputed by, you know, nobody can agree on a retailer and, you know, the merit of a retailer. Lots of people, like, I love the business model of Murray Carter, of Carter Cutlery. He, they make knives really quick. Uh, they focus on a heat treat, so it's a great knife, but it's simple. Their actual stylistic choices differ from mine quite a bit. Um, you know, if that make yeah, you guys know what I'm trying to say. Although I'm sh you know, like he makes some of the best knives around, hands down, at a lower price point because of these you know lower finishes. But it works just the same as something hand sanded to 1200 grit or whatever you like. And so, the way he does it is he does sell through his website and through retailers like Carbon Knife Co. and stuff. He'll you know he'll send them a box of them and and so depending on the percentage of the knife, like if it's consignment, you know the store will take a certain percentage, or if it's if you're just selling them the knives and then they resale, then obviously they'll be buying it at some type of wholesale price. Um, a knife maker has to consider the the relative values and challenges that come with a retailer. And so from my perspective, looking at the stability that comes with that, if I can be working on a batch and knowing where they're going to go, that feels really good, at least for a while while I built my name. 
And I'm not saying this is something I'm definitely going to do. So anybody listening that's invested in my business, you don't have to worry about it too much. But And I don't mean monetarily invested, of course. Um, But it's something that I've been looking at. Knifeware is sort of the biggest player in the Canadian custom not custom in Canadian you know high-end knife market they work directly with Japanese makers and they're based out of Calgary but they also have shot you know locations across Canada but they're based out of Calgary I'm from Calgary I live about three hours from Calgary and so I did send them an email like at just inquiring about um, consignment or or wholesale and their customer service person sent me to the owner so I sent the owner an email today and obviously I haven't gotten anything back it's Thanksgiving but it's it's something that I'm looking into and something that I don't know how many people consider or how many people know to consider but it's something that can be considered and so that sort of covers that for me but I do like this yeah, the stability of knowing where it's going to go, knowing what it's going to go for, and having something of a steady income. Because, you know, I'm just a teenage boy out here. I don't have all day to be marketing, I guess. And so having them and having them in customers' hands, it almost gives me an opportunity to make relationships. There's a lot of things going through my head right now. And so you guys, you guys are great to talk to because you never argue with me. So this is great. This podcast is an awesome way for me to vent. And I just try and stretch my venting out as long as possible so that I can get a decent episode out this week. So yeah, that's some ideas about retailers that I'm sort of looking at. With, you know, because I'm getting a power hammer, so my production can just go up so much. And if I'm making larger batches for a retailer then sending my knives off to be professionally heat-treated makes a lot more sense, too, because I can send 10 or 20 of them or however many. Even five is a nice batch number. So, yeah, so there's lots of things that add up, and I guess the major thing that tears that idea down is the percentage of money that you lose. And so I'm going to have to balance some numbers. If you guys have input, I'd love to hear. I would love to hear anything that you guys think about it um, because this is a big decision that's turning over in my head and I actually don't know if I'll get to make this decision if Knifeware is interested in my knives or not. Um, They don't actually have any Canadian or American makers. It's all straight from Japan right now. So, you know, they might just flat out say no and all of this overthinking and tossing and turning will be for nothing, but... Yeah, I think it's an interesting talking point, and I, I would love to hear what any of you guys think about, you know, selling your knives through a retailer. Uh, so let me know. Send me a DM at Young Makers Podcast on Instagram, and yeah, just tell me what you think. I think it's an interesting thing to think and talk about. And speaking of thinking and talking, that's what we do on this podcast, and. This transition is messy, isn't it? And this podcast also has names for every episode where we think and talk. You see you see the connection here? So the way I named the episodes, this is just some housekeeping here. Um, 
I changed the way I named the episodes about um, maybe five episodes ago. I used to say like episode one and then the name of the guest. And I realized that that redundancy makes it difficult to search for episodes. So I just changed it to the name of the guest as the episode. Except the last one, which was my most clever name ever, buffing into business with a business buff. If you haven't listened to that episode, check it out. It's quiet, so just make sure you are aware of that. But, yeah, so I've just changed the maker's names so that it's easy to search. If it's episode one, da-na-na-na-na, every time, then, you know, anytime you search E, it's going to bring up every single episode. And that's not very helpful, is it? So I just took out that redundancy. I think it looks better when it says the episode number, but I'm hoping that that makes it more consistent and easy for you guys. I don't know. I don't know if it made a big difference, but hopefully somebody out there enjoyed it. And also my intro is something that I think is probably annoying, but I'm kind of so used to it now. So I can I could go, hey, and welcome back, or I could just say hello and welcome like I did this episode because it's a quiet episode. I don't know what you guys like. If anyone has a preference, let me know. But I don't think it really matters that much, does it? It sets, I don't know if the tone of the hey matches, but uh, yeah, I really think it doesn't matter that much. And yeah, that basically clears up the housekeeping. These are just things I've been meaning to mention for a while and make you guys aware of because as the community around young makers podcast is pretty tight and so yeah i just like you guys to know that i'm finding my stride and i'm figuring out this podcast thing and i love to hear your input um i i guess i should start getting jingles or something i want to we should start jazzing up the show now that i'm getting comfortable behind the mic so yeah, just know there are big things coming for Young Makers Podcast. We're going to have more snappy titles, but also just the name of the guests often, which I think is convenient. Now, let's get into something that I think about a lot. I think about multiple times every single day of my life, morning and night and afternoon, all the time. I think about drive and vision, and these are two words that mean a lot to me. And so I think that, you know, they're a good topic to talk about on the podcast, just myself. I want to give you guys a peek into my personal philosophy on what I do. And so, yeah, I guess that's what a talking point is. Let's get right into it. So drive. Drive is something that I think I am, you know, blessed with almost, if that makes sense. Drive is something that I have... I don't know, I think not as much as I wish, actually. As you see a lot of people, like, people described as prodigies, always have this crazy drive to be working 18 hours a day or working out, you know, 10 hours a day. They're doing they're doing something really special because they're constantly doing it. And so anytime when I can't get, or when I'm lazy to get into the shop and I'm scrolling on Instagram and I feel that sapping away my drive to get work done, that really hurts me, honestly. Um, so that drive, and it's something that I don't think I should feel guilty about. You know, I I work pretty hard, I think. I think I work hard enough um, in my, you know, hard enough to get by in the world for sure. Hard, and hard enough to be societal, socially acceptable. It's, you know, I work a good amount. 
Uh, I work hard at school. I work, work, come home and work, and I do sports and I do all that. But I, I still feel guilty when I don't feel like getting into the shop, which is something that I need to work on. So it's either I need to get more drive or less guilt. I don't know. But I think that drive comes from this vision that I have of myself. Do, and it's a destiny complex is what I think of it as. I don't know if that's an actual psychological term, but I think of myself as I have a destiny complex. I have this idea in my head that I have something great and something big to be doing someday and some some big impact on the world that I have to make. And that drives me to do everything. There's the word drive. So that's this vision of... And I actually have a vision which is really cool. So... I, at least I think it's a really cool idea that, you know, I'd like to someday make a thing. I would like to make an art school, but for the crafts more so. So a little bit less art, artsy and a little bit more, you know, traditional joinery and and bladesmithing and blacks and artists blacksmithing and all these all these traditional crafts and and less traditional crafts. You know, even like things like stained glass and stuff. I want to make all these as official classes, and you may not be able to get a governmentally recognized, uh, what do you call it? Not diploma. Degree off of it, but you could still get some type of certificate given out by the school in all these things that you can't get formally taught, usually. And so building and starting my own school is something... And have like on a larger scale than any of these other, you know, New England school of metalwork and stuff. I wanna, I wanna do something bigger. And then I imagine, and I have this image in my head of what I think college should be, which is just a place for minds to get together and do things. And so, you know, I wanna have special ways for uh, people with no money or you know, pe- impoverished people to come to the school and get an education. And so, you know, having the school be free or something, I, uh, ha, it's this crazy idea I have in my head. And so between this destiny complex and this vision of being some master craftsman that can teach all these crafts and has, you know, of course, better people than me and all the other crafts to help, but having this master craftsman vision along with you know this destiny complex all compounds on itself on each other to make this drive that drives me to do everything i do and so yeah i i think that's just a quick little peek into my head about what i what i think and that's part of the reason why i do this podcast it's a because i feel the need to share my craft uh, crafts with people um, B, to to network myself on some level and to make connections that I may not otherwise make. Like all these young makers that I've had on the show, you know, we now know each other better and we interact more on Instagram and it's really great. And I so I love this networking that I'm making. Three, to make a stronger community of young makers and to bring us together around something. Uh, four, to alert you guys to these young makers and i i reiterate this in a lot of my so my solo episodes is why this podcast exists because the reason that i do it is constantly evolving and then finally i do it to 
learn. And to, you know, I learn a lot through doing this podcast and talking to the people that I do. And so it all ties in with my destiny and my vision. And I'm driven to do this because of that vision. And so vision and drive is something that all makers and all craftspeople, I think, have. They have a vision for a project, for a shop, for, uh, you know, all these things. All these things they have this vision for and they have this drive to create. And I think that drive translates into a lot of other aspects of your life. And so uh, any of you people that are out, who are you calling you people? Anybody out there who is listening to this podcast and, you know, hasn't really thought about it, I want you to to look inwards for a second and take a second of self-reflection because I think it's important. It's Thanksgiving, after all. It's a time for reflection. So after you're done reflecting on what you're thankful for, um, reflect on on your what your vision is and identify it and focus on it and identify your you know how that affects what you're driven to do uh, or don't you know it's it's not up to me it's up to you uh, this is just something that I like to do all the time and has made a positive impact in my life since I did it so I'd share it with you guys and this topic sort of came up in my mind because I had a conversation with a friend recently who's been going through a bit of a rough time as everybody does and so I just sort of mentioned to him about keep your eyes on the vision and do everything you do for the vision and you'll be good and a vision keeps you doing things keeps you moving forward and so you know that uh conversation seemed to impact him pretty positive like I think he liked I think it made a difference for him and so I figured I'd just bring it up for you guys and hopefully it would make a difference to one of you guys um, I hope you guys have enjoyed this rambly episode. It's been, I'm tired. I'm tired and I'm full of prime rib. And so it may have been a little bit rambly. It may have made no sense. And it may have loop-de-looped. <laughs> that makes no sense either, does it? But I hope you guys have enjoyed this last half an hour. I know I've enjoyed sharing some of my thoughts with you guys. And I would love you guys to share your thoughts with me at Young Makers Podcast, all one word on Instagram. Uh, like, leave a review, subscribe to the podcast. I don't know how all the podcast viewing things work, so whatever features are available to you, you know, I love it when you guys show me love. I really appreciate it, and it makes a huge difference for what I'm trying to do here. Uh, check out all the other shows on the Makery after you've finished binge listening to Young Makers Podcast. There is knife talk handmade podcast um work for it podcast overcook over overseas over seasoned there's tons uh simple little life is another alberta podcast going up on tuesday tuesday is for canadians because we go up on tuesday morning as well uh and i know you guys are all listening at 5 a.m tuesday morning you better be that's when this goes up so you can listen to it on your drive to work and yeah, that is my little spiel. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. Check out the makery. And until next time, keep making, keep listening. Happy Thanksgiving. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network.
Yeah.